Last time on Gathering of the Ages. My people and I, we are ready to accompany you back to the the hideout of the Demon Wolves. We would like to see this map for ourselves. What am I, chop liver? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she walks away and goes into the corner yeah, with her she pouts. But, uh, Min, do you need help with what you're doing? I need at least Ray. You need Ray. Oh, now somebody needs me. I feel you there. I hear you. I've been hearing you. I hear and I feel your struggles and your frustration. We need to channel all these emotions together. My friend wants to help you, but we need you to agree to help us. Hello! What is going on? Welcome back to the Gathering of the Ages podcast. It's me, Spencer. How you doing? Hope you're excited for this episode. We are extremely excited to uh, let you guys listen to this one. We uh, put a lot of work into this one, put a lot of effort into this one, and I feel like we really just poured everything uh, we've got, everything uh, that we love about the show, about these characters, I think Philly just poured it into this, so uh, my hope is that you feel the heart that uh, we all we all gave in the in the performances that we gave in this episode. Uh, real quick, if you didn't know, we are on Instagram, and I post there every now and then, trying to get more regular, getting pictures of stuff out there for you guys. Uh, and actually, the last post I put out was kind of like a like a teaser for one of the episodes that we just recorded, one of the upcoming ones. Uh, I believe it's, it's actually the teaser for the next episode, 146. So if you're interested in seeing those little teasers or seeing pictures of us or our just shenanigans around the table. Uh, you can go over there. You can follow us on there. Um, I know we've got so many social media things, and and uh, you know if you if you like one more than the other, and you want to follow us on Instagram but not Twitter, I really uh, just if you follow us at all it means the world to me. So whatever you want to do, I just want to let you guys know that we are out there. Uh, more content for you guys to absorb. Um, we didn't stream last week. Philip and I uh, took the week off because we were celebrating the birthday boy's birthday. We are celebrating Zachary's birthday. So no stream last week. We're going to try and get back into it this week uh, if I can resolve the technical issues we've been having lately. So fingers crossed. And if I am able to, that will be on Friday, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time if you'd like to tune in and chat with us. Without further ado, though, I would like to present to you this very special episode, episode 145, Stranger Danger. Welcome back, everybody. Hold on, wait. What was you that? You were tapping something. I heard a tapping I was, noise. I was, was, was going to put it here, but it <laughs> fell, so I put it down there. I am offended that wow. you interrupted my welcome back. People are fidgeting. <laughs> Well, it's because I was licking the spoon and getting all the pig jam off. That's kind of gross. Welcome back (laughs) to the show. We are here in the basement, and Mm. we have an announcement. It is Baby of the Podcast's birthday. Actually, today. Uh, Actually, today. It's Zachary's birthday. Congratulations, creator of Parade and other... (laughs) 
and popular characters. People. What are you, some kind of <laughs> birthday guru? Did he, did he sound all official? Happy birthday to I know, you. I know we don't have any, but Tyler sounds like he was just reading Zachary's Wikipedia page. It does, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have a Wikipedia we, page? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. At the end of the year, we should have an in memoriam segment. Oh, okay. And have yeah. great moments from the year. That's good. Yeah, I like that'd that. be a good idea. What, on your birthday? or? No, at the end of the year. Why? I don't you just understand. have special moments. So on Emily's birthday, that just made me think of that when I said that. Just like a like a little <laughs> episode where we talk about our favorite moments, like we do on behind I the curtain. I don't know. I thought in memoriam. Me was just like saying for that about Zach. <laughs> it is. It's <laughs> so when the you celebrities die, and at died. the Oscars, they're like, "Here are all the great people who died this year." <laughs> so the only person that would appear on ours is Cyrus. Cyrus didn't die this year. Mm. It would have been last year. It would have been last year. But he's the only one that's died, period, though. I don't know. No. Someone else could die by the end of the year. Yeah. Mm. You never know. Uh, so Cyrus happy birthday. It's going to be Faven. Hey, you guys just said our trill is not <laughs> dead, so thank you. I appreciate that. Well, <laughs> we don't know. Happy birthday, Zachary. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Wait a More feel, information is needed. You feel better? You feel, you feel older? A little wiser? No, not really. <laughs> How old are you now? 20? I feel a little more stupid, if that helps at all. I feel like you're a little more grouchy this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, what? he gets grouchier every year. Mm-hmm. That exponentially increases every year. Well, you got a new car now. I was going to say, yeah. he's a big boy. He's he's in, he, living yeah. in a Yeah, adult and then world. I realized that I'm going to be super depressed because of my debt. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah. welcome to adulthood. Yeah. Um, so we were, me and- I finally made it. Me and dad were um, cruising PetSmart. Uh, think we were toying with the idea of getting Zachary a turtle for his birthday, you know, some a tortoise, kind of tortoise, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And he um, he he asked me, "Do you think Zachary would like would like a pet like that? Would he like a turtle?" And I thought to myself, and I actually told him this. I says, "You know, research has shown that senior citizens, when you get them like a plant or a pet to take care of when they're at a uh, at a home, they're uh, they're actually like way happier." <laughs> And because uh, they just have something that, and I thought that'd be perfect because Zachary is basically yeah. just an angry little oh, man. Vietnam this is veteran. A, this is in a perfect a, example. Oh, I mean, this is this is my life. Body. I was so caught off guard. I choked on my <laughs> own saliva. Gross. <clears throat> that takes special talent. I oh know. My I do it all the time. That freaking killed me, Philip. <laughs> that was so. It funny. is true. We it should. It is yeah. true, though. You know what? We should have went ahead and got it. We yeah. didn't because okay. he said he wouldn't take care yeah. of it. Yeah, my excuse for not getting the pet was that I am not a good pet owner because I'm not attentive enough for that, and I stand by my statement. It's a tortoise. And, yeah, I and mean, then if it dies, he'll end up just getting more depressed than he already yeah. is. Oh my gosh, I murdered a little tortoise. <laughs> he he might pretty... start hiking his pants up to his. Yeah, yeah. Play up his chest. Yeah. I'll turn into Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Wearing the white shoes and the white belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, real, uh, real quick. Uh, this could be like a a little bit longer of a of a of a pre show. Mm. But I found this story. I wanted to read it all to you. Have any of you heard the uh, about the uh, Hasbro sugar free gummy bears? Yes. No. no. Apparently, yes, these things yeah. are like unintentional laxatives. Uh-huh. <gasps> yeah. So, okay. Oh hold, on. Hold, on. Hold, on. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to read you a story though. I found this on Amazon in, in the reviews. Oh I was gosh. I was cruising Facebook one day and uh and this 
someone shared this. It was like, if you're ever feeling down, go look at the reviews on the Hasbro sugar-free gummy bears. So if you guys are feeling down, go look up the reviews of the Hasbro sugar-free gummy bears. We're going to print it out and put it in Spencer's room. Or this Zachary's room. five-star review comes from an individual named Derek. And it is uh, titled, The Horror at 30,000 Feet. He so, starts off. My flight was leaving at 8 in the morning. After awakening and trying to get to the airport, I forgot to grab something to eat. I usually take my time and do things in order, but not this day. I was traveling from Boston to Los Angeles, coming home from a work trip. I do it regularly, so nothing was new to me. I stayed in the same hotel and knew the time I needed to leave to get to the airport on time. During my work trip, I stopped at a convenience store and saw these gummy bears and thought they would be a perfect gift for my son, Charlie. <laughs> he loves gummy bears and gummy worms. So the morning I was to head back to Los Angeles, I slept through my alarm. That never happens. I rushed to get out of the hotel and threw those gummy bears in my carry-on bag to make it on time to the airport. After speeding and filling up gas in the rental, I made it to my gate as they were boarding. <gasps> I get on the plane and head down the aisle to find my window seat. Keep this in mind. Window seat. Near the middle of the plane. <gasps> I asked politely for the two adorable older ladies oh, no. sitting in the middle and aisle seats if I could pass by to my seat. They obliged. The lady in the middle must have been around 80 years old. So it cringing. took her some time to get up and make sure she was holding on to something so she didn't fall as she stepped into the aisle. I thanked them as I sat and settled into my seat. Fast forward 20 minutes as we reach our cruising altitude of 30,000 feet in the air. As I reach into my carry-on bag to grab my headphones, I see the gummy bears. Since I am hungry and need something... I decided to open them up and just have a few to hold me over until we land. I wanted to save some of my son, so I maybe had about four or five. But I had four or five too many, because once the bears had a few minutes to adjust to their new home, they began to work. It started out with a little cramp, which is normal with gassing on a plane. You do not want to fart on a plane, so you hold it in. It is airplane etiquette. It would come and go over a few minutes, so I thought nothing of it. Then it got worse. The cramps intensified, the sweating started, and I began to notice the older ladies looking over at me. About 30 minutes into eating these bears, my thinking went from, oh, these are just farts, I can hold them, to, oh, dear, not here. I have been a Christian my whole life, and this is the test. If there is a God, please help me leave this plane with my dignity intact. After waiting for the intense cramp wave to pass, I stood up and jumped over these two women. I could not wait for them to stand, so I stood up, my back facing them, and tried to shimmy past them. I took a, I think a toot came out, because I heard one say, Oh, Lord, was that you? After reaching the aisle, I waddled to the back of the plane where the, where the least amount of risk would be. To my dismay, it was in use. That left one bathroom left in the front. It, I looked down the aisle and saw my Mount Everest. <laughs> I had to somehow keep my wet cheeks tighter than Fort Knox while waddling forward whilst praying no one gets out of their seats. 
after five minutes of stop and go, I made it to the bathroom and was pulling my pants five down. Five minutes? Five minutes of walking oh through the plane. Gosh. I made it to the bathroom and was pulling my pants down as I entered it. The door was still unlocked as the sweet release was underway. <laughs> I thought I died. I thought this was it. Even though I was on the throne confessing my sins, I thought my time was called. I lost count on how many knocks at the door there was. I must have been in there for 45 minutes, but I made it. I washed my hands and threw water in my face to calm me down. Opening the door, I saw the faces looking back at me. Apparently, the seal to the bathroom was not airtight, letting just the slightest airflow from that bathroom to the main cabin possible. These were daughters, mothers, and children looking at me. I could feel their questions and comments. What have you done? We still have two hours left. Please divert this plane. As I began walking down, the, the man in the front row of first class grabbed my arm. He said, hey, man, where is your seat? Confused, I told him, and he said, go get your stuff and come back and sit here. You need this more than me. <laughs> I was embarrassed Good and ashamed. Night. I had a family at home waiting for me. I recommend these bears to anyone, but please eat them responsibly. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh my gosh. What a horrific experience. I thought he was gonna have to keep getting up over and over. So just at once. I just oh I love gosh. I love the part where he's just like, I was on the throne confessing my sins. <laughs> that guy's good. <laughs> So, that sounds horrible. There you go, peeps. I hope that uh, gives you a little bit of a chuckle. Mm. Uh, what th that's the pre-show. I forgot that the sugar-free gummy bears did that. I had known that, but I had forgotten. Have you ever eaten them? Has anybody ever eaten the sugar-free gummy uh, bears? Yes, I have. I think I've gotten them before. And did you have a problem? I don't remember. Hmm. I've been told not to eat them before because I was at a concert. <laughs> I think they became oh, well, a meme for a while, and they were sold out for like yeah, a, few for a few months. months. Yeah. Really, because people to... wanted them. Because yeah, of wanted that? to try them. Yeah, yeah. I went to they wanted to see how it worked. And that was like the the one serious piece of advice that we picked up. My friend. Uh, and his mom was there. She goes, oh, you guys are going to Warp Tour. You're going to have so much fun, but do mm. not eat anything anyone gives you. No candy, especially if they give you those gummy bears, those Hasbro gummy bears. Do not eat them. Well, don't eat don't eat those because of the laxative thing, but she, but she was probably telling you don't eat anything because yeah. you're like laced with, laced oh, with yeah. something. <laughs> hallucinogens oh drugs. yeah it was like a it was like a pot farm in that in that stadium <laughs> oh, i'm sure it was worse than that dude whatever was going on i think i was high all day just from being in the contact. area it was a i'm serious pretty contact sure they eye. blow the smoke into the audience because they did at the last one of the concerts when did you get a contact when, when, uh, when tyler and i went to see uh hollywood undead uh, -huh. uh one of the performers the lit up act. the biggest freaking like we were in a small room joint I've ever seen. We were in this tiny room. He lights up, and as soon as he lights up, you can just smell it go throughout it the entire the audience. Ew. And then there's smoke up above us. There's Tyler smoke and I, in the room. I, I don't know if Tyler did, but I got a contact high, <laughs> like, and yeah, I'm leaving. I'm le we're leaving, and I I turn to Tyler while we're walking back to the car, and I say. Yeah. 
kind of hungry. Can we stop <laughs> and get something to eat? Yeah, the munchies. I had the munchies. Stra- it was a very strange feeling of being really happy, hungry, and dehydrated at the same time. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Uh, oh, wait, we're family friendly, so we should close this with kids, don't but do that's drugs. that's not a good thing. Drugs are don't bad. Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Okay. We and do not condone candy. the usage of any hallucinogenic drugs <laughs> on this podcast. Very good, Lee. Very legal. good. <laughs> Phil, he's got a new... Um, job now yeah. on the set. He's, He's our the legal. announcer, yeah. yeah. Legal announcer. I'm just going to make him our do all the announcements and stuff. I feel like I just got deeper. <laughs> oh, and oh, and don't uh, don't you take did. candy from strangers. That's Yeah, the other don't one. take candy from strangers. Uh, all right, let's get back to Actually, into don't the... take candy from friends either cuz they they <laughs> probably have they'll an agenda. They'll screw wow. with you. They will mess with you. They with probably candy. have an agenda. Don't trust them. Oh my god. Uh so welcome back friends. to the to the actual show. Uh, Wait, we're doing a show? In the last episode, um, <laughs> mm. we had really good really good episode. Uh, lots of really good role playing, um, some more uh, character development. Um you know, some something's going on with uh, with our boy Parade uh, in his in his head. I think that continues to develop every episode we have, and uh, and then Min and Ray decided to uh, do s- some kind of ritual to communicate with the the dead. Um, oh yeah, townspeople. That's right. And the, yeah, sorry Tyler, it's been a minute. You since forgot? We recorded. Uh, yeah, I couldn't remember. Oh, the party split up. Um, and uh, Min and Ray were accompanied by a couple werewolves, and then Faven and Prod took Rockus and uh, Rockus and someone else to the um, the uh, place where the map place was. where the map was. Yes, thank you. But I can't re- remember the building. It was a mill. It was a mill. That's, mill right, that's right. With the with the demon wolves, where they were at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to start this episode in the mill. Ooh. We uh, cue the music, Tyler. Not the song I told you to earlier. A different one. Something <laughs> else. Sorry. Just have that one ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll tell you when to play that one. Um, but yes, we we find ourselves in the mill, and the camera comes down on Rockus and his companion, and and then uh, Faven and Parade, and they're all you know semi-circled around this table that has the markings in it and uh Rockus is is looking at it, examining the map and his his werewolf companion is as well they're looking at it and talking with you and I do believe that they are they have a patrol out there a patrol or two possibly uh walking the perimeter of the town and I I am not sure what else the demon wolves have brought here but like I said before, we are going to take care of any remaining werewolves to allow you to fight the Whispering Way. <sighs> I thank you. That should help us quite a bit. I'm still not sure how we're going to make it over there without being seen or causing a ruckus. Do you... Perhaps a head-on assault is the appropriate course of action. It may be their only choice. It may be the best option to storm the tower. That is what I would do. I don't know about the rest of you. Broad. Have you surveyed it well enough? Nah, uh... We have... Well. <laughs> I mean, we did. <laughs> yeah. We did survey it for But not well? It was dark, but... 
do you know how how many enemies there are out there? A lot. Do you know the the level of threat that you are going to be facing? Not necessarily. It's a code uh, turquoise. Code if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's a code turquoise. Yes, the infamous code turquoise. I have heard much about this. <laughs> yes, I know. I had to deal with quite a few of them back yes, in my day. I do too, yes. Very many turquoises. Oh, they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we mostly saw their skeletons, which... Prod and I can deal with them pretty easily, I think, but I don't know what else they have in there. Well, do proceed with caution. Prod- maybe, maybe we, maybe we can get a better vantage point on the roof of the mill. Is there a way to get up there? I can climb up there. Is, oh, you is can there climb a way for there. a majority of people to get up there? I can't remember if there wasn't. Was. Yeah, it was There's just no like, windows either. Yeah. There wasn't, because there weren't windows, there wasn't any, uh... Mm-hmm. And there's no, like, roof access, so Faven would have yeah. to go out and then climb out the outside walls. Because Faven had already climbed it, trying to get mm-hmm. in yeah. before. But you weren't looking in that direction, you were looking at the mill itself, so right. you didn't focus on on that. Parad, do you think a frontal assault is alright? don't see why not. I mean, it's probably going to be as effective as any other solution we come up with. Hmm. As long as we have the element of surprise, I think we should have uh, enough capabilities to make it through. Should we wait for darkness, then? I think that would be best. How many of us can see in the dark or have abilities to uh, help them? Just you. <laughs> I well, mean, I have also low... abilities to help them. I can... I have... Low light vision. <laughs> I, I mean, can. My elven eyes can see <laughs> all right in the moonlight. But. Um, uh, roll me a. Uh, well, real I quick. Do, so I do wisdom to recall knowledge. So roll me a wisdom check, both of you. Real, real quick before yeah. we do that. Um, I, my caravan gift. Uh, I can't remember if it was I can cast uh, dancing lights or just light. Light, I think. Was it light? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was okay, light. So yeah. I, that means I can cast it on a specific object, mm-hmm. can I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if need be, if someone like legitimately can't see in the dark and needs help, I can cast that spell. Can Ray mm-hmm. still cast the dancing lights? I believe so, yeah. So we're all right. Uh, so those. yeah, you have light sources. And so can yeah. men. Men cast men can dancing, dancing lights, lights too? all the time. Yep. Okay. Or just set everything on fire and just use the fire. Or that, to... you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't do that. Who needs a lamp? <laughs> <laughs> so, you yeah, guys I've got are dancing lantern. Okay, so yeah, you have you have you know options to. You don't need to roll the wisdom, unless you I really want to. I, I did a, and failed. So I have a right. ton of oh. dice in here. <laughs> I did and failed, loser. Uh, so you guys are talking with Rockus and like. You know, you're strategizing your plan. You, you know, you think frontal assault might be the, you know, the best course of option. There really isn't a way to sneak up on them. They're surrounded by, you know, a small platoon of skeletons, and right. and the, you know that that sits between you and the tower. And and uh, you know, the strategy in most of these is clear out what's what's before you rather than continuing on and getting pinned in the middle. So mm. that seems to be the general consensus between the four of you. And while you're talking and and 
strategizing in this in this upper room of the mill, it starts to get very dark. Outside? In this room. Oh, dark in the room. What is what is happening right now? It is getting very dark. Mm-hmm. Do you see this? And he looks to Faven. Is there so in the room we're in? Is there like torches? Was there a light source? Um, I assume. If it was dark in here, the werewolves would have had torches, right, or something. But it's just getting dark. Regardless. It's getting dark. What is happening? It is midday. Why is it getting dark like this? Hmm. Uh, men. Min's not there. Where oh, in the there. other building? You're there in the other building. I forgot. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure. I can barely see anymore. We need to get outside. Yes, let's move out. Get out of this place. You climb the ladder downstairs. You're probably going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, move with haste, but caution as well. Yes, you are correct. You guys make your way down the ladder, out the mill, and when you exit outside this darkness seems to just fall over the entire town. And it's not like clouds have rolled in. It doesn't look like it's about to rain or anything. It's unnatural. It looks otherworldly as this darkness just permeates the whole village. And then the camera flashes back and we see Min and Ray standing in this dark void that they were standing in last week. In front of them stands the woman from Ray's previous vision, the woman named Marta. And she told you last week that she needed to show you something, that they have been showing you these visions, and they had one more that they needed to show you. We've been standing here chanting for an entire week? (laughs) Well, in the last episode. (laughs) Yes, an entire week. (laughs) And you're not even... probably moved on by now. (laughs) Yeah, he's gone. You're not even chanting right now. You're just standing there kind of in awe that, you know, it worked for one. um, Because you weren't sure what you were going to get out of this. You didn't think it was going to work at all. Um, It's never been done. Yeah, never been done before. So you're standing there in front of her. She tells you this. And like I said last week, the this darkness, even more so than what Parad and Faven are seeing, you, Min and Ray are standing almost in a void. They don't see anything. The inn has just disappeared and is just this almost tangible darkness. But you can still see each other. You can still see Marta. And you can see Ulchris standing on the other side of this ritual circle that you've made. And she tells you that she needs, they needed to show you something. And as she says that, the darkness seems to disappear and is then replaced by something else as Min and Ray are transported to this vision. And our field of view settles on two individuals sitting atop two very ordinary-looking horses. They wear armor that looks pieced together. Some parts shimmer... Some parts shinier and newer than others. One has a very crude-looking bow strung to his back, while the other has a sword sheathed and strapped to his hip. One man appears to be much older than the other with dark brown hair and a portly build. The younger man sports a crown of bright blonde hair that seems to shimmer in the bright sunlight. 
His green eyes stare down his pointed nose at the ground in front of his horse. The sun is high and the sky is blue. The weather comfortable and birds can be seen and heard flying in the cloudless sky above. The conversation between the two riders seems nothing more than small talk to pass the time. Henrietta and the kids seem to be enjoying the nice weather we have been having recently. Gives them a chance to play outside. Gives me and Henrietta a chance to be alone with some peace and quiet for a change. <laughs> the older man laughs and the younger simply gives a polite chuckle, barely listening to what his companion is saying. I, for one, can't wait for all of this nonsense to be over. I'm tired of being a makeshift soldier. My prime is well behind me, and it seems as if I only have a one-track mind devoted to thoughts of the next harvest. The younger man only nods his head as his thoughts deepen. Doing all right there, Garrett? Haven't said much the whole ride. The younger man stirs in his saddle as he finally pulls himself back to the one-sided conversation. Yeah, sorry, just deep in thought is all. What's on your mind? I just can't wrap my head around what the nobles in the capital are thinking right now. They issue an edict commanding Nesca to surrender and disband his troops, and then they send farmers to oversee the proceedings. I've seen you fight, and if the majority of these farmers are anything like you, then we stand no chance if Nesca and his followers decide to turn the tables on us. The older man strokes his goatee for a moment as he ponders what Garrett has just said. You make some very good points, Garrett. And unfortunately, I don't have an answer for you. All I can say is that we pray to Arastil a little bit harder that Nesca cooperates. How is the god of farmers and families supposed to help during a war? At this time, I'm ready to start praying to Gorham if it means I can return to my family. Pray to whoever you wish, Garrett. Your religious practices are of no concern to me. Praying to the god of strength and battle eases your concern, then pray away, my boy. The older man laughs, but Garrett does not. Silence falls over the, the two as they continue riding. Garrett's eyes are still on the ground, and he does not see what is ahead of them and is startled And his companion raises his voice in alarm. What in the name of old Deadeye is that? Garrett looks up and sees their destination on the horizon. Smoke billows from the town of Feldgrau. The older rider spurs his horse and begins racing towards the small town. Garrett follows suit, and before long, the two individuals come to Feldgrau's main road. The sight in front of them is ghastly. Bodies lie on the streets, the dirt and cobblestone stained red with blood. An eerie silence has fallen over the town. No cries can be heard, and even the birds have stopped singing. The riders quickly dismount. The older man falls to his knees as he stares on at the scene in horror, tears streaming down his cheeks. Garrett vomits onto the ground, takes two steps forward, and then collapses onto his side in the dirt. Laying on his side, staring at the soil, he notices the salt that has been dumped there. The scene changes to that of the, of the castle that Ray saw before. Count Venecdalia stands in front of, the, of a podium, addressing his fellow counts. Something he has just said has upset the other individuals in the room, and tensions are running very high. Please, settle down! We need to come up with a strategy to subdue Nesca! 
a voice in the crowd is heard. All you do is talk, Venecdalia. You have severely blundered this operation. You were supposed to oversee the removal of Nesca. Now he continues to terrorize the country of Ardeal on a level we have not seen from him before. Innocents are being slaughtered, crops and farmland are being destroyed, and, if, and you do not even have a plan to combat his actions. Let's not forget that many of you completely disregarded this fear in the first place. I cannot be the only one to take the blame here. Each of you are just as responsible as I am. The crowd loses it again, and Venecdalia looks on in frustration. He knows the war has been lost. The fighting between the rulers of Ustalav is indicative of that. The kingdom is falling apart from within, and Count Venectalia feels hopeless to fix any of it. The scene changes once again, and we are back in Feldgrau. Time has passed. The bodies have been buried in the town square, but the land has not recovered from the horrors of war. Deep trenches scar the earth, left as a reminder of what happened here, in the hopes that no one will ever forget what transpired here, lest the people be doomed to forget and let history repeat itself. Our field of vision settles on the small boy from before. His dark hair has grown quite long and he does nothing to keep it from falling in front of his eyes. He appears to be older. His body is sickly thin and he has a crazed look in his eyes. He sits in the town square, a portion of the mass grave, has been dug up, and bones are scattered around him. Several skulls rest on the ground in a semicircle in front of him. He converses with the bones as if he were talking to an old friend. The food's run out. I can't seem to catch any more rats, either. I'm not sure what else to do. You have some advice for me? He pauses as if waiting for a response. You're right. People do pass through this area all the time. What's that? The bridge outside of town? That's a fantastic idea. You astound me with your creativity. A trap would work quite nicely. Oh, don't you worry. I do have a few ideas up here. The boy taps his temple a few times. Yes, disable their horses, kill the riders, take what they have, and if they don't have any food, well, I guess they taste fine too. A wicked grin passes across a young boy's face. He giggles to himself as his plan for survival has finally come together. He scoops one of the skulls up in his hands and kisses the toothy grin. Come, we have much work to do. The boy proves to be rather adept at placing traps. Horses and their riders are dispatched with finesse, and whatever meat the boy can get his hands on is ravished. He moves all throughout the furrows, hiding beneath bridges, living in the trenches, all the while setting traps to claim his next meal. That is, until one fateful day. More time has passed, and we see the dark-haired boy, long past the realm of sanity, hiding beneath a bridge. The sky is dark and a light rain has begun to fall. A carefully hidden trap has been set, and a rider can be heard approaching. The rider finally comes into focus, clad in black and sitting atop an impressive-looking steed. As the rider approaches the bridge, they suddenly stop. Their hood is pulled down to reveal a gray-skinned face, withered like a corpse. A throaty whisper is heard as the rider finally speaks. I know you are there. I know you are hiding. 
Worry not. I promise I mean you no harm. The boy emerges from his hiding place and cautiously approaches the stranger. How did you know I was here? The gray-skinned rider smiles. The spirits of this place communicate with me. They tell me many things. You can talk to them. I can talk to them. They are my friends. They keep me alive. They help me plant my traps. They taught me how to kill. I know. The boy raises his eyebrows in surprise. The spirits have told me many things. Things about this place and what happened here. They have even told me many things about you. And from what they tell me, I have gathered that you are very special. My mother used to tell me that all the time. My mother was a fool. She believed I was destined for greatness. I am not great. I live here in the trenches, scavenging for my next meal like the rats. The writer smiles again. Your mother was not a fool. You are destined for greatness. You have a role to play, and I am here to help you fill that role. The boy pauses at this and turns his gaze to the ground. His long hair falls in front of his eyes, and a darkness seems to shroud him. The spirits tell me that you speak the truth, stranger. They tell me that you are here to take me away from this place. I have lasted this long by following their counsel, and I will not stop now. The gray-skinned stranger extends a wiry, corpse-like hand to the boy. Then take my hand, join me on my steed, and I will take you to your destiny. The boy clasps the outstretched hand and in one swift motion is pulled onto the horse behind the rider. The boy wraps his arms around the waist of the rider as she puts her hood back into place. Where are we going? I told you. To your destiny. You have a role to play in all of this. And what a role it will be, Arn Brood. The boy wonders for only a second what? how she knows his name, then remembers... She can speak to his friends, too. The vision fades from view, and Min and Ray find themselves in the dark void once more. Marta stands in front of them. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I can feel oh it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have shown you these things in the hopes that you will know what you are destined to face. My son has become, become something I no longer recognize. I always hoped I would see my child again, but never like this. Hatred and his lust for power have driven him for most of his life, slowly eroding his soul and stripping him of whatever humanity might have remained. She looks at Min and Ray deeply. There are dark forces stirring in Ustalov, larger than any the people living here now have ever seen. You too and your companions have been destined to be here. There are forces doing everything in their power to sway you from what you must do. But this, but to this point, your will has been strong enough to fight against theirs. The battle ahead of you will be harder than anything you have ever faced. But your will must continue to stay strong. For if you waver, countless lives will be at risk, and hope will be lost. We are all standing behind you, 
As she says this, the townspeople of Feldgrau begin stepping into the darkness, one by one, until at last they are all there. We will be here, and when the time is right, we will aid you in your fight. One by one, the townspeople begin disappearing, leaving only Marta and Ulcris. Then finally, Marta disappears. The darkness fades, and Min, Ray, and Ulcris find themselves standing in the inn once more. At the same time that this happens, the darkness outside lightens, and the noonday sun shines from the sky once more. Rockus and his companion, Faven and Parad, see this happen, unsure of what has just happened. But we see Min and Ray in the inn, and Nolcris approaches them. Well, that seemed to work. Oh my. Are you okay, Min? I'm fine, I just need to... I need to sit down. <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot to process. That was a... Whew, I'm a little shaken and worn myself, but at least we didn't get thrown backwards this time. Though, at this point, I would almost prefer that. And when you say that, um, that you didn't get thrown back, like, you know, like, luckily you didn't get thrown back, mm-hmm. you feel worse than you did last time. Uh, you feel like, some, both of you feel like something's off. You don't feel as strong as you just were before you started the ritual. And mechanically speaking, you both have just taken a temporary negative level, the conditions of which you are not sure of. In order to remove it, you don't know, but something is, has caused you to grow a little weaker. This, this ordeal has just taken so much out of you. Ulcris, like, like kneels down in, in the front of, two, of both of you to look you in the eye, and he, he says... You both seem a little pale. Are you feeling all right? No, no, I'm not. I need a chair, and I make my way to a chair, and then I look at Min. Min, somehow this is... I spoke too soon. This is worse than getting thrown backwards. I feel a little out of breath and a little... I don't know. I did tell you there'd be side effects. Don't know why. Don't know why I quite follow what you do, but we did learn a lot. I just fear that we won't be ready to fight. Min goes and picks up the onyx that was in the center of the ritual and holds it. And when you do so, it like crumbles, turns to dust in your hand, and the power, like, you know, whatever power is held within this onyx has been just consumed by this ritual. And you know that when you tr- pick it up. <clears throat> I fear it took a lot for them to come forward, but they did promise they would be with us. We need to we need to find the others. We need to tell them what we've learned. Question. Yes. Do we know who the bony person is that picked up Arndrew? You have never seen this person before. I was going to say, I, I don't yeah. remember another and person. I don't it's know if you woman. let this yeah. slip, but it's a girl. It's I a did. woman. Yeah, okay. he said a woman. I wasn't yeah. sure no, if you I let did. it slip on purpose. No. Or, okay. <laughs> I wrote that. Okay. Someone knew. So it's a woman. It's a woman. We need We need to find this the others. Uh, I've, um, oh, 
let me just let me just take yes, a breath. Yes, take real quick. take all the time you need. I'm sure that your companions will be returning here from wherever they went. No, no, I don't want them to return here. I want to go to them either at the mill or to the dyer shop. I I I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I need to. Uh, no offense to you, Olcas, but I need to remove myself from this place for a no, little bit. No offense taken. That was quite a lot there. Min, are you ready? Can you? Poor Elgris. I know. We just use him. <laughs> use him and toss him in the train. Oh, it's all right. You can go. It's hang a clock for me anyway. <laughs> he says, he, when, you're, when you're leaving, he says, do not worry about me. Truth be told, it was so good to see all my friends again. And he smiles as the two of you leave the inn. Get, goes back behind his counter. Um, Wait, and, before he leaves, she turns to him and says, so we can count on you as well in your help? Bring me the head of Arn Vrood, and I will do my end of the bargain. I am contracted by your bounty hunter, after all. All right. I just want you to know that I would rather this be of your free will and not a contract, because I feel like it would release you more from your horrible existence. Oh, do not worry about that. I believe when, it, when everything is said and done here, Peace might finally come over this town again. Here's to hope, my friend. And then the two of you leave the inn and bump, you like almost bump into Faven and, and Parade. Um, like they're walking back towards the inn to meet up with you again. Watch huh. uh, where you're going. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, scared you me. scared the life right out of me. <laughs> Do you? Or look down. <laughs> what what are you doing out and about? What we're, was, we're coming back to you. What was that? Our, the room got dark and... We need to explain all, but undercover. We can't do it out here in the open. Quickly, let's move. Dyer or Mill? Where do we want to venture? Well, I was just I believe the, the Dyer shop would be the best place to go. All right, quickly then. Let's hurry. Me and Min have much to report. You make your way back to the Dyer shop. Deli Oh my um, god. And when you enter you, when you enter the uh Princess Wolves are like kitted out right now. They're ready to go. They've got their weapons, whatever, you know, armor they can wear if they have, you know, even if they have any armor, but they're kitted out. They're geared for a fight and you enter the room and they, you know, they're they were just waiting. They're just standing around waiting for Rockus to come back. Rockus' wife you know, walks up to him. They, they do their traditional, you know, their like couple greeting. They put their foreheads they against each other. Yeah, I thought they were doing like a secret handshake. <laughs> <little> <laughs> thing. I was like, what? A little tap dance. Yeah. <laughs> a traditional mating call with <laughs> <Yeah>. my people. <laughs> Please, not in front of the children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, they they do like their, you know, like every couple has a way yeah. of greeting each yeah. other. So that's what they do with each other. And you've seen it once before. Um, and, uh, um, they leave. They like go to their side. They, you know, and they're like dividing resources and things like that, healing potions, and and they leave the the four of you to your own devices on on one side of the dire shop. All right, you two. We have much to tell you. First of all, remember the vision I shared about the little boy whose mother was killed right in front of his eyes, and she had such great hopes for him. A bit. Do you remember this parade? Yes, I believe I do. I feel like your thinking has not been with us, so I want to make sure I have your full attention. I apologize. I will try to be more attentive. 
Right. It's very important. This boy is Aaron Vrood. Aaron Vrood? Yes. The man with the homunculus that's running the whole thing. Yes. He's he, from here. He is He is the little boy in my vision. The very little boy. He was turned mad by staying here. Isolated, alone. He... He ended up talking with the skulls and, and saying that he spoke with the spirits, which I, sh me of all people, know that you can talk with spirits, but I'm afraid this boy was, was insane and mad and not talking to spirits. But then somebody came along, a gray, help me, men, a gray woman, but like a corpse, but not a corpse. He never left. He never left. Min's a little overwhelmed by what we saw. I don't mm. think he's as used to these visions as I mm. am lately. What? Who didn't leave, Min? The boy, he never left. Nobody came and saved him at the time of the ravaging of the town. They didn't even know he was here. They killed the town, they killed everybody in it, and somehow he, he survived it. I don't understand. He was digging up their corpses and talking to their skulls. He was, he was crazy and mad. He was living on rats. And then he turned from rats to other un unspeakable crimes to find food. Horrible. Horrible. And then the lady came. The lady in the gray. On beautiful horse. But she was like a corpse. Nothing I'd ever seen before. I don't recognize her. I don't recognize her voice. She's not an enemy I've seen before in my visions. Do you recognize her? You don't even, like, because you, you know, you all saw stuff at the, at the temple. She didn't look familiar in any of those. You've never heard mention of her. You don't know much about Arn Vrood. This is like the biggest peak you've gotten into into his. And so this mm. woman is just a mystery to all of you. Well, it seems to me there's someone in the shadows pulling the strings behind him. Oh, definitely. For sure. Don't you think, Min? He never left. Yes, <sighs> yes, Min. Min he was here by himself. I, I hate to say this, but this has really shook Min and I. I am I am feeling weaker than I did when we were thrown backwards. I I, I feel like as if I was to cast the simplest of spells right now. I'm not even sure if it would work or wouldn't work well. And and here we are ready to go rush in to, to face this foe that... We don't even know what it's behind, and now we find out this horrible thing about Aaron Brood. He's he's mad. His mother, his mother weeps for him. She she wants to release him from this. She doesn't even recognize the boy that he once was. It's it's very sad, and 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 she kind of collapses into a little bit of weeping because it's just so overwhelming. The sadness. She's in like hysterics right now, and Min is like. Min is Lost. like cuckoo. Min's like checked out. Yeah. What is going through Min's head right now? He's just sitting there saying she, he never left. Even when she came and got him. A woman came and got him and took him away. But he didn't leave. Never left. And now he's <laughs> what back. Are, what are Parada and Faven doing right now? Hiing you each didn't other see like the Min's vision. Crazy. No. And, and so you don't know. Find his crazy pills, but yeah. <laughs> um, and I've got my head in my hands. Just you're like fetal think, position, uh, cradled almost, on the floor. Yeah. yeah. I think silently, uh, after hearing about this 
boy's story and, and the devastation he felt and the isolation he was forced to endure for years uh, just kind of resonates with Parade in a very negative way. It's not like a happy story where he like pulled himself out of the trenches and like made a better life for himself and tried to rebuild some sort of structure for his life and, and said he was pulled into uh, a, like a long history of darkness and evil and in visual terms in my head I'm just imagining like this picture of Parad's life that he's envisioning uh, as his own structure that he made for himself and just like another piece of it shatters off and disappears and he he's left with like half the picture now first I think maybe a piece broke off when they were in the forest and his sister was abducted right in front of him. And then the next one broke off when he saw Ray stabbed through the chest. And then another when he came into this town and he saw all these people and spirits and werewolves just fighting this absolute desolation and, and misery. And then another piece goes. And then feeling like he's no longer the leader he, he always wanted to be and, and struggled to to create for his party and that another piece goes and now finally he's left with this small chunk of what he built for himself and what he always envisioned as his own voice and personality and it I think just subconsciously and, and silently he just feels absolutely broken and damaged and and like lost. half of the person he always thought he was for the last 10-15 years of leaving his father's camp and coming he out into the world. doesn't know who he is anymore. It's a little bit like what Ray's going through too because she wanted so desperately to get away from her family that she used to wish for this kind of isolation and now she saw what isolation can really do to a soul and to a, a somebody like that and it's really shaking her and she's kind of feeling grateful that she was found, but again, not sure because he was found and yet look what he's turned into. So she's kind of feeling a lot of that too, relating to this story of this boy who started out his life so hopeful and a mother who loved him. Yeah, and I think a, a piece of what Parad's thinking is he always had a clear picture of who he was fighting in his head mm -hmm. and what he thought their motivations were. And it was always clear. It was the whispering way and they're doing these evil things and taking lives and corrupting people. And now he's up against someone on the top of a tower who he always thought was this undoubtable evil that he always thought had like evil motivations and, and things that drove him towards his own path. And, now, when he's hearing differently, he starts doubting, are we even doing the right thing? Are we fighting the right person? Because he's just a puppet. Yeah. That's how he's she's just feeling, an, too. He's, he's just, just another string in um, the world's darkest web yep. of Ustalav. And he's like, he's doubting that he can even find the source of this web. He can't find the center. And he's just sort of spiraling down into the thick of it and he gets stuck on that web and he just can't seem to break free so uh 
Faven's going to look at you all lost in despair and crying in the corners. No. Are you, has, I was like, really? <laughs> Parada's one manly tear dripping down his face. So Faven, uh, <clears throat> he's going to say, I know the things you have seen and told us are horrible. Arden Vrood has had a hard life, that is obvious. And whether or not he deserves death, I think we should bring it to him. Not necessarily for his mother, but if we let the Whispering Way continue on the way they're going and amass an army like they are trying to do, there's only going to be more towns like this one wiped out with children left homeless and more people will continue to turn this way and there will be more sadness. My parents didn't die horrible deaths and they, but I was strip, stripped from them because of my power. I was no longer accepted in the village and I lived out in the woods alone with my teacher for many, for many decades. It is not a great life to live without a family. And now that my sister's gone, I wish I could have some back. But there's going to be many, many children, many families torn apart if we don't stop them here and now. Whatever they're up to, whatever they're looking for, needs to stop. And even though there's probably someone higher up in the chain this woman that we have no idea about. We don't worry about her right now. We stop what we can stop. And what we can stop is whatever they're doing in that tower over there. And he points like in the direction of the tower. That must end here and now. Tonight we must end it. I understand. I... <sighs> I just need a minute to gather myself and and try to regain a little bit of this strength, though I don't I don't know if Min's gonna be much use at all at this stage. Min. Min. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to fight for Aaron To free him from this evil? All this time, he's finally back. But he never really left. I left. Did I leave? And Min just looks down at his hands, which are kind of, like, pale and look like they've aged somewhat, probably as a side effect of the ritual. Magic is magic. There is no good. Um, when, when he, Prod sees him, like, looking down at his hands, and he, I think he feels some sort of similarity and correlation to the way he and Min are feeling. And so he'll just walk up to him and kneel down and like kind of grasp his hands and kind of force him to curl his fingers uh, back into like fists. So he's he finds that like tenseness and solidarity in his hands being clenched and whole. And he just like kind of closes his eyes and maybe brings their foreheads together and he starts speaking in very quiet tone so maybe the rest of you don't hear and he starts saying to Min 
understand what we are going through, and I know it is hard, but we must pull ourselves through together, Min. I'm not the leader I always thought I was, and I'm not the, the man I always wanted to be. I have lost so much, and I am now spiraling towards a dark fate that I am fighting and clawing my way to pass through. And I understand that you have lost much as well, and that you have barely any home to return to, just as I. But Faven is right. There is an evil in that tower that we must fight together. And whatever comes after, we will figure out. But only after we conquer this, this terrible fate. Did you leave? Yes, Min, I left. No, you're still there. You're still in the tent. You're still in the camp. Or you're going back to the camp. Where are you? We are here in Feldgrau, Min. Feldgrau, Min. And I know it is a dark and despairing place. But we need to get back on our feet. And I need you to snap out of this. I need you to come back to us, Min. Your family, your friends. We need you right here and right now. Okay. Min, are you, are you here? Am I? <laughs> Is everyone all right? Are we ready to go? I'm not sure about Min, he seems strange. Ruckus cautiously approaches <laughs> you. Stranger. <laughs> Stranger. 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 <laughs> uh, that's actually a really good episode name. <laughs> Stranger. Stranger. Uh, and so Ruckus cautiously approaches the four of you. And what you got, you guys are so engrossed in what's going on that you didn't realize that the entire time, like, slowly they all the werewolves turned their attention to you and just kind of watched this interaction play out between the four of you and Rockus approaches and my men and I, we are ready to head out just know that we are here behind you You saved me, and I wish to return the favor. I owe you my life. The time has come, though. We must carry out what we have come here to do. To end the madness. To stop the evil. Reclaim the heart. I wish you luck in the fight ahead. And the next time I see the four of you, we will be vi- vi- we will be victorious. We can celebrate, knowing that what we have done has changed the world. At least our world. And with that, he stands back. He like you know, he took a knee in front of you, so he gets back up on his feet. They do one quick last check. And then the six or seven werewolves that were in this room leave. 
and the room just feels empty. The four of you are going through some stuff right now. Are you going to rest before the battle, mm. or is it time to... What time of day is it? Uh, midday. So noon-ish? Yeah, noon-ish. But they're going out to fight right now. They're going out right now. Yeah. Mm. They didn't need it. They've been resting the whole time. Well, I thought the plan was to wait until nightfall, though. He's He wasn't going to. Okay. Yeah. So should we wait for nightfall, or should we go out now since they are going out now? That's pretty much what we should decide. I am not a strategist in these kinds of games. Does anyone need rest? Well, me and men have Did obviously something before? wrong with us. So. Or. But I can fight. I mean... I still got spells and stuff. Yeah, how down is everybody? Yeah, I'm just wondering, does everyone still have their spells? It looks like I'm as good as I'm going to get. I don't think I used any spells. Mm. Okay. No. Oh, I think you clicked Night's Rest when you weren't supposed to last episode. And I don't know if you unclicked it. Did you? He did indeed. I thought we did rest. Because we had a whole... Or did we rest? No. Between the fight with Automaris and... Nope. This. Okay. Nope. I Have just edited the episode, okay. and you accidentally pushed Night Rhett, and we all had to tell you that we hadn't rested. Oh. So. Well, then we should rest then. If yeah, we just take the rest then. Yeah, like, if for no other reason than then to just undo to, my okay. apparent yeah. cheating. <laughs> mm. Well, we should rest. Do you think we will still have the element of surprise if we rest? Well, it's going to be a struggle for sure, but if we can at least make it partially there without being detected it will help us somewhat he's not going anywhere he's never gone and they may anywhere. just think it's the well wolves that they're fighting and i don't think they know we're here do you think hmm. do you think they have an inkling that we're here and other than well wolves i'm sure they know something's going on min we're going to leave him here we're going to slay him and leave his body he will be buried with his mother that's all we can do for him. Everyone get rest. Prada, you good? I think so. Alright. And Faven just kind of like slumps into the corner. He kind of closes his eyes and starts just meditating. You rest for a while. Night falls. Uh, no word from the wolves. They, you know, they haven't come back. You don't know what they're doing. Uh, you know, f- trying to find that patrol is what, you know, whatever patrols the demon wolves had. That's what they were trying to do, and then keeping danger off of you, clearing, you know, clearing the way as much as they can. You, uh, you know, wake up from your meditative states or your rest, and spells back. And you feel as good as it's going to get. You know, just kind of flavor-wise, I think uh, for this specific rest, um, Parad's going to ignore the effect of his ring and sleep the whole the full eight hours okay. instead of the two. So, like I said, darkness has fallen over Felgrau at this point. And you check your gear one last time. You ready your spells. You quietly leave the dire shop. Wait, I would like to cast a spell before okay. we leave. 
Um, Min and Parad, I'm worried about your mental abilities at this time as well as my own. And I seem to recall a spell I have that if I cast it on you both, I'll be able to tell if you're okay, if you're hurt, if you've fallen, of your mental track. I can mentally track you, basically. Do I have my, your permission to cast this upon you both? Yes, of course. It would ease my, my mind, if nothing else. Mental abilities? I'm at the top of my class. <laughs> the, the witch well, class, Well, not so much your mental abilities, man, but like, just, you know, your your condition. Like, if you're hurt, you're not hurt, that kind of thing. I can't read your mind. I'm fine. Which I wouldn't even want to go there. <laughs> I'm fine. Let's go. Are you okay if I cast the spell to keep track of you? If it'll make you feel better. It will. It's sh <laughs> it's solely for my purpose alone, for my peace of mind. Thank you. So she cast It's so that. funny how he bounces back. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind like of that. disconcerting. It's, yeah. it's a little unsettling. I uh, see you got some sleep, men. <laughs> yep. And this is going to last actually eight hours. And what are you so casting? It's called status. Okay. And all it does is it, it just lets me keep track of him. So if if he goes out of my, if either one of them go out of my sight, I know if they've been hurt or, and their relative position. Okay. So I'll know they're around the corner without seeing them. Yeah. So it's going to kind of help in that. Is that mm -hmm. a spell or an ability? It's no, a it's spell. a spell. Okay. It's a spell. Um, so yeah, you, you make any last preparations that you need to, and then you make your way outside of the dire shop quietly under the cover of darkness um, and it's not a long trek you turn one corner and walk down this road and in the distance you can see torchlight surrounding the pit as you get closer and closer the skeletons come into view does anybody say anything like a battle cry not They're like Parad's the only one. Everyone looks over <laughs> yeah. at Zach. Yeah. Parad's the only one who would do that, I think. Well, now you're putting me on the spot. Does anybody uh, yell He may uh, not be in the mood for that, An axe though. name. Wait, what? <laughs> yell an axe name? Yeah, does anybody yell an axe name? Does he feel compelled to drop the moniker of a certain hafted <laughs> weapon? <laughs> I don't know if Prod's in the mindset. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't say. either. Well, I thought we were doing a perfect thing to get him attack. in the yeah, mindset, I did. right? Well, well I did think we were going to try okay. to surprise, oh, yeah. too. So everybody roll me stealth then. All right, we'll try the stealthy stealth. Roll me the stealth. The stealthy stealth, according Ooh. to Tyler. Oh, yes. It got stuck. <laughs> Ray rolled a 23. Wow. Nice. She's in a stealthy stealth mood. She really doesn't want them Noise. to see us coming. Yeah. Min? That's a stealthy 26. boy right there. Oh Whoa. my gosh. Min, a 26. I'm wow. telling you, these dice, uh, that was with a 19. Wow. wow. These wow. dice Missy gave me are just spot on, man. Lucky dice. That's a stealthy boy right there. Even stealthy boy. 31. Oh. <gasps> oh my gosh. I'm starting to feel insignificant over here. Parade? Uh, Faven beat me. I had a 27. Oh, wow. Wow. Man. Those are high Those rolls, are man. High rolls. You guys are in a mindset right they now. They have no clue we're coming. You have a mission to accomplish. You sneak your way up and you get into a nice position and you're able to survey it. Um, and get a better look at what is in here. 
Uh, you see about a dozen or so skeletons. And the tower looms behind you, very ominous, very, very pressing, as you know what is in there. And in the pit, directing some of these skeletons, stand two individuals clad in black, holding very menacing-looking scythes. But they don't seem to notice you. As you get into position, ready yourselves for this fight. But it's going to wait till next week. Uh. Oh! I was all ready to fight. Ready to go. Our brave adventurers have been through so much up to this point. Will their will be able to stay strong? Or will they fall in the face of their enemy? Tune in next week to find out. <laughs>